Welcome to Super Queers, a podcast with Jesse Pierce and Sammy Namir. For you to discover the super queer powers of inspiring queer, trans, non-binary, and LGBTQ plus voices across the country. We're creating change, embracing personal healing, building community, and living with their activism and radical joy. And how you can activate your powers. Join us to learn how we can heal, transform ourselves, and the world around us. Are you ready? Your journey starts right now. And welcome everyone to another episode of Super Queers, and we are super excited because today we have someone from the Cake Boys. We have the one and only Richard, which is a trans and non-binary New York City native, event producer, artist, drag king, and a producer for the Glam Award-nominated drag collective, the Cake Boys. And this drag collective is not what you might think. This Cake Boys are a network and a platform for live digital events for drag kings, an alternative queer and transgender performers. Mm -hmm. uh, so Richard, who is our guest today and part of the Cake Boys Collective, whose mission is nightlife, is to serve a unique and growing community with the, within the New York City drag scene and beyond, elevating the underrepresented talent and introducing new audiences to the different varieties of drag that are not represented in mainstream media. So welcome, Richard. Hi, thank welcome, you. Richard. Richard, so welcome to our super queer space. And mm -hmm. the first question to all of our guests is, mm -hmm. what do you think is a super queer? Mm -hmm. Yes, super queer. I, I do, that, that term is very cute and I do like it. Um, you know, for me, when I hear that, I think a super queer um, is somebody fully embodies and embraces their queer identity and helps uplift the rest of the community. Um, someone who's passionate about other queer people. Um, and um, if I want to be like more specific in my world and my realm of like nightlife and event spaces, I do believe there are a lot of super queers who um, help uplift performers who are underrepresented, which there are a lot um, in New York City. Um, yeah. And I guess, yeah, especially, I guess, um, some producers. Um, there are very hardworking producers here um, uh, that we've even seen throughout this last week that just, like, help uplift and do um, community service for other performers, um, which I really appreciate. Thank you so much, Richard, for being here. I, I know both Sammy and I are so excited to to talk with you. And, and it's, it's clear from the description of how you um the cake boys the centering of community and, and the empowering and, and lifting up of others i was wondering if you could maybe also to just give a little bit of a background about your yourself and also kind of thinking about the the super queer mm -hmm. um definition the beautiful definition that, that you just gave in the in the context of yourself yeah oh um so for me like we we already know i'm a drag king um aside from that i do um, a lot of other different types of performances, um, male impersonation, celebrity male impersonation, um, ventriloquism. I do also work in, um, we can call it late night, late night adult raunchy theater. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and uh, my favorite thing about like being in nightlife is being an event producer. Um, so I think the term super queer can apply to me in the work I do with the Cake Boys, um, which is super special to me. And I'm super grateful for um, the community and to my other producers um, who work super hard um, to put on these wonderful events and like uplift all these amazing performers. And it's been kind of beautiful to see over the last like three years, how many performers have been um, created or like been born and not specifically because of us. I just think because there are now more spaces for other performers and people see that and people can see like, oh, this is something I wanna do. Um, so I just been having a great time just like seeing all these new shows, seeing all these wonderful performers and talent um, being um, represented out here. That's amazing. And um, I've seen some of the shows and I think that is very interesting and very talented and very creative. Um, and I love that you emphasize the work of the producers, which are behind the scenes. And that's something that people, you know, I did like a drag show recently and I just got really connected to the hundreds of people that are behind a drag show that people yeah. don't think about. It's not only the DJ, but there is like the custom designers, the makeup artists, it's the hair, it's like the, the stage designer, it's like the production assistants. There's mm -hmm. so many things. And like, I, I love that your community like provides space for that. And like, you're highlighting that because mm -hmm. um, those are the queer creatives that don't get paid enough or don't get the gratefulness, right? And the credit that they deserve because they're not on stage. And I think that our community should keep doing better at that so but and that said still my people that are listening to us they are they're familiar with drag queen i i hope so right especially mm -hmm. after rupaul drag queen season 257 <laughs> <laughs> um they're familiar with drag queen but what it is a drag queen Can a drag queen. to people that don't know yeah um well i mean we all if you want to break it down simply a drag queen is somebody who performs femininity or like an over-exaggeration of femininity. Um, a drag king um, would, I guess, be the opposite for somebody, somebody who performs an exaggerated version of masculinity. And that, that I'd say is like the general way of talking about it. Um, but I do believe like, it's not just about that. Um, you know, like there are femme drag kings, there are masculine drag queens. And I love that now, Um, there are also performers who don't identify as either, and they just like to perform um, just their a, a gender bending performance. Um, but for me, like the spaces are usually catered to these drag queens that we see on RuPaul's Drag Race, which um, I think they're all incredible. They're in, like insanely talented, beautiful, wonderful performers. But there are uh, there's a whole other world of like gender performance that a lot of people don't know about, um, which is, I guess, beautiful and special in its own, its own unique ways. Um, so I'd love the world to, I guess, learn a little bit more about other types of performers that you won't see on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. So Richard, yes. So, far. Yeah. so Richard, can you, can you share a little bit about kind of the evolution of the Cake Boys and maybe even how you yourself got into drag? Because I, I love how you your your kind of description of it it's so it's so accessible and in, in a way and like and especially mm -hmm. for people 
who wouldn't maybe necessarily picture themselves um, as as one or the other. So I'd love to hear like a little bit about about how the Cake Boys came to be, but also how you you started in drag too. Cool. Okay. Um, I guess I can start with the Cake Boys. Um, we really I, this was I guess in 2018. Um, there in the community there were about 10 drag kings, and we all knew each other. We all were not getting booked. We were not like getting anything any like any recognition or anything we're just like trying to work hard um and there weren't spaces for us um so you know at first the cake boys started as an instagram account to highlight um like non-queen performers um and then one day um like I, i had started with muscles monty and sweaty eddie um and somebody named gem nemesis and we were like let's do a show um, and we did our first show at a wonderful time in 2019, right before the pandemic. Um, it was called the bachelor Rex. It was like a, a spoof on the bachelor. Um, and, uh, there, so many people showed up. Um, we had like a little open set that there were so many performers and we were like, wow, this is something that's needed. So like, um, the few months before the pandemic hit, um, we did do a, a few more shows and they were all very um, successful. Everybody had a great time um, and we kept seeing more and more people wanting to do this. Um, and then after the pandemic, we um, tried to figure how, like how do we continue doing drag and making it accessible online? Um, so Sweaty Eddie is actually an animator. Um, and we also at this point had connected with Scenario um, who does a lot of, uh, aside from music, he's a great videographer. Um, so we developed something called the cake night show and the cake night show was, um, a digital show of like a drag show, but it also had a script, a plot line. And it was kind of like a campy horror movie. Um, and it was honestly, it was so much fun. And this is like, we all, all four of us learned a lot in like production, um, animation, video editing, sound editing. Like we we're very DIY. We do everything ourselves. Um, so um, yeah, that was, that was a, in a, such a dark time. That was a great experience to still be able to create space online um, for performers. And it also showed us like, that's another way to make um, drag accessible is by having it online. So a lot of our bigger shows too, we still live stream. Um, so it oh, can wow. be accessible for people that may not be able to physically be in the venue or want, don't want to physically be around a lot of people, but still want to mm-hmm. see this, the shows. Um, yeah. I haven't then, heard of anyone else doing that or yeah, um, that's incredible. Yeah. We have to thank uh, muscles, Monty and sweaty Eddie who really um, nail the, like the tech behind that. Um, uh, we all like, we all like take part and help. Um, but like accessible to us too, doesn't mean just like allowing, um, a lot of people to take part is like also we want audiences to have accessibility um, to shows. So um, yeah, I don't know. And since then we're just, um, yeah, we've been doing shows. We were, we got the um, opportunity to be on uh, Queens of Kings on Reverie, um, which was a cool experience. Um, And yeah, now currently we're trying to plan on what's next for us. And we do a monthly show at Club Coming which is a lot of fun. Before we keep going, so I'm thinking about, so 
you know, the queer community celebrates femininity, but the masculinity has been so toxic. I mean, well intended, right? We're looking at dismantling patriarchy and white supremacy, which is very related, all the toxic masculinity, right? With the Me Too movement. And there's so many negative traits related to masculinity, mm -hmm. uh, which I think that has percolated to drag kinism, right? Because I feel that in our spaces, we decenter masculinity. So I think that it's um, because it has been so toxic for many of us, right? Like queer people, I say many like masculine men who has bullied us. And so that has an impact on how it is perceived tracking. So, mm -hmm. so what's there for people? Like what, why is it important to pay attention or to uh, embrace or to pay, listen to uh, the art of tracking? Like which you said that is more than masculinity. So what is it about? What are those themes that the performers of of cake boys touch yeah. upon that problematize and expand and educate people. Mm -hmm. um, I think if I speak for, I can, I guess, touch on what I know other people to think about and speaking for myself too. Um, for me, I like Richard is very masculine character. Like I kind of lean towards the idea of being a male impersonator. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think a lot of my numbers and the way Richard like the character, the character he is and how he interacts in the world is reclaiming the parts of masculinity that I've found toxic or have experienced myself. So, um, I apply humor to it or I like, it, it feels good to almost make fun of it and, um, take that back as my own. Um, mm -hmm. and it also like it, the masculinity that Richard embodies in the world is not something I, I want to like as myself out of drag want to, like be seen as you know um but it is a part of gender that is like curious or interesting to me um and i think there are some drag kings that are like that feel the same way but then there are drag kings that like want to represent masculinity in a, a totally different way in a in a femme way in a fun way um and it's um reclaiming i guess masculinity um to look like the shapes that they want them to be and that's very interesting because femininity has so many, we, we know so many shades of femininity, right? We know, you know, all types of cisgender women, all types of transgender women. We have all types of drag queens and from bearded drag queens to the most like, you know, shiny. So we, we think cisgender women, trans women, like drag queen, we know so many hundreds of levels of femininity, but the masculinity is always very like one-sided, right? Like what we know is sort of very flat-footed. And I think that that is what has been deprived to men. It's like, that's what misogyny, right? And patriarchy has raised men, it, that there is like one way of being a man that is very, you know, American, very toxic, very serious doesn't in touch with their with their emotions and I think that's what has been the toxic part where there are so many men now like trying to get in touch and explore how the, they can live out of that box right that embrace leaving their long hair like crying leaving their emotions be more painting their nails and like stay stay masculine being cisgender men but like exploring beyond what they were told that has to be cargo pants and boots and all of that. So I love how drag kings could be a model for like mm -hmm. that exploration, like for men, like to, to expand what they know, what, 
you know, could be a man and still, you know, doesn't have to be violent, doesn't have to be toxic. And like, yeah. it, it could look so, there's fluidity and there could be shades within your masculinity. So I think that's fascinating. Yeah. I, I think also to just to speak for myself, because so I identify as non-binary trans mask and the trans mask piece, I would say is like a relative, relatively, mm -hmm. I mean, I was always very mask presenting, but like kind of owning the trans mask aspect of my identity. I've, I feel like for me, it's, it's really kind of opened up myself to be even to play a little bit more with femininity, where I think before I'd kind of embrace the identity of trans mask, I'd, I'd like really tried to kind of repress any fe femininity because it, I felt so kind of boxed in um, by previously being forced to identify as a, as a woman before I, you know, came to my own um, gender identity. And I think that that, that kind of play back and forth has, has been really healing and kind of liberating for me. And I think as like a trans mask person, I just, I don't feel like there are lots of uh, models of, of masculinity other than, you know, toxic masculinity or like, this is like what a masculine man looks like. So, so it, it's like, very, it is very rigid in a way. So it's, it's mm -hmm. so fun to hear someone like you, Richard, and um, I haven't seen the cake boys, but I, I, I did look at your Instagram and I, I'm going to come to a club coming show for sure. Um, but to, to see kind of that interplay there, especially from somebody who's, you know, also non-binary trans mask as you are, but like the, the different ways that it can go, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's just super enlightening to, to see that. You know, and it's also, I think experiencing the world as Richard has allowed me to be more comfortable in femininity out of drag. Cause I definitely can relate to everything you just said. Um, and I think a lot um, just even just like queer and trans people, like when you first come out, you, you feel like you have to do these things. So, you know, people will know, or like people will believe you. Um, so doing drag has helped me be more comfortable in my own identity and having um, the ability to like express this toxic masculine character um, has allowed me to learn a lot more about myself and be comfortable about things that, I thought I wasn't supposed to because this is what trans and is supposed to look like, you know? Yeah. Talking about character, how would you differentiate, how would you explain people the difference between a drag queen and a drag king? The difference? Mm -hmm. um, I think, um, like, umbrella-wise, they're very similar. Um, it's just, and it, it, it differentiates between performer to performer, you know? Because um, um, there can be a drag queen and a drag king that, perform very similarly or have similar looks. Um, and I think it's, I think it's solely up to that performer themselves, how they identify um, the same way as like you, your trans identity, um, your drag identity is important too. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's being a drag king is, is being a male impersonator and it's um, performing masculinity. Um, but again, like masculinity can mean a lot. Um, and Yes. And what about the difference between drag king and trans? Because a lot of people now that they're, you know, there's a lot of people that still don't know what drag queens are or that this different to transgender. They feel that transgender people, it is what they see in RuPaul drag race, uh, drag queens, right? So um, how would you explain the difference between being drag and being trans? Because mm -hmm. I'm going to stop. Do you listen to this noise? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what it is, maybe. Like a calendar reminder or something? They're calendar reminders, but they're my emails and I, yeah. Um, we'll figure it out later, but 
What's the difference? Yeah, what would you tell people that don't understand well the difference between drag and trans? Because, for example, you know, does people confuse your character for you or you for the character? Like, because I've seen that with trans performers, or like I do drag and people feel that when I'm in drag, like that's me. Mm -hmm. uh, like, but there are other times where I'm like dressed up feminine, but that is not me in drag. Mm -hmm. um, and I, for me, there's a character and there is also my feminine side. Mm -hmm. So, could you explain that for people that are trying to learn more? It's definitely, you definitely touched on it. I guess like, I feel like um, identifying as um, trans is an identity. Um, it's part of who you are and um, how you move through the world um, and how you want to be seen in the world. Um, and drag is um, the art of gender performance. Um, mm -hmm. So it is, um, it's, it is separate. Like it's, it's um, something for people to look at and it's, it's a way for people to express themselves. I do have to say a lot of the drag kings I work with are trans. Um, and I think in, in drag world too, and a lot of them find their transness through drag. Um, that's a very like common thing I do here is like when they first start performing, um, they realize like they're able to embody this um, masculinity and they're like, I enjoyed that. And I want to explore that more for myself outside of drag. Um, uh, I get that because that's happening to me. I've done a couple of drag shows that I mm -hmm. become more emboldened and owning my femininity, which I had not. And I now see why I'm so obsessed with drag queens is because yeah. <laughs> now you say performing femininity and I'm like, oh, because that's what I was feeling inside. But mm -hmm. it was not until you're on stage that you get that validation for yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. It's, um, it's beautiful to watch people experience that on through performance. Um, but yeah, I, I do... Like, I can see people being confused by the difference between it, um, but there is a big difference. Um, like, drag is performance art, and transness mm. isn't. Transness is identity, and transness is um, part of yourself, which drag can be too, but yeah. So, Richard, I'm so I'm, I'm going to be, like, a little vulnerable and say that I have, I have a little bit of a secret wish to do a drag king performance someday yes <laughs> so, when are we getting jesse yeah. to perform with the cake boys I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm putting that out there in the universe and the part of the, that was actually when sammy mentioned um about inviting you to to mm -hmm. talk i was like oh i have to share this because this is um because I, I was very excited um also for for that for that reason but i'm i'm interested you know talking to someone like me who's who's interested or, or you know wants to to mm -hmm. dip a toe into drag how would you what advice would you give in terms of starting out or um yeah what would you say to someone who who wants to who wants to maybe try i say like the first and foremost is like go to a bunch of shows um there's you can see like a lot of different types of performance and performance art and now um there is a lot of shows that don't just have drag queens um, here in New York City, Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn. Um, the Cake Boys actually do have a calendar on our website, which um, I try and stay updated with like events that include um, all different types of performers. Um, and then I say the next step is like once you're ready and you've developed a character, you know what you're, you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of open stages now, which are available for new performers. Um, um, there's like, I think Mad Mondays on at Metropolitan, Whoopsie Wednesdays, Bussy Bingo. There's the list, there's a lot. Um, there's, the list is 
Endless, um, which I think is, is amazing. It's giving opportunity to a lot of people. Um, and then there's also, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Thady Bedbug, um, but they are a wonderful um, drag performer, but they're also a educator and facilitator of a dragon, uh, dragon beyond gender class that they mm. teach at um, Bax Arts. Um, I believe their next one is starting in June and it's running through Pride, but they do one like every, um, I don't want to say semester, maybe that's not the right word, but they do one every few months. Um, and they do have Meek and Muscles Monty come in and help guest facilitate um, classes. And at the end of it, they do like a big showcase. Um, and it's really cool. Like you've got, I, I, I've been able to experience them who is in these classes and it's just such a wide range of people, wide range of ages, genders. Um, and Thady does a really excellent job of helping people develop a character and get yourself ready to be on stage. So, um, that, that sounds great. Cause when you said develop a character, I was like, I don't, I don't even think I would know how to go about developing. That was going to be my question, Jesse, to yeah. you. Like what, what will your character be? What do you like? I don't know. I mean, Sammy already knows this, but I, I, dabble in um, thirst traps on TikTok, (laughs) which have been very gender affirming for me. And I would say like, that's to the extent of any kind of character development, that's, that's as far I would go. But I guess kind of exaggerated sense of myself. That's the only thing I can think of. I'd say too. You know, you should do LP. That should be one of your first songs. I'm telling you. You, Oh, that's right. LP, yes. Do you know LP, Richard? No, no. It's like, what is this song? Uh, Lost on you. Oh, na, 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 lost on you. She, they are from, from New York, from Long Island, actually. I believe it's a beautiful, yeah, like, non binary. I don't think they're non binary, but the gender expression is very, uh, what is that called? What is uh-huh. the term? Uh, androgynous uh, LP. Um, and I always did Jesse the double. So I can see that, something like that. Okay. Well, I would I would absolutely love to see you um, come to a stage one day. And I do have to say, like, developing your character happens over time, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Richard first started, my tagline was, like, his favorite color is the American flag. Like, it was a very different person than Richard is now, you know? And, like, being on the stage is, like, what helps you realize, like, what you want to be doing. So how would you describe uh, Richard? What are the themes that you try to, in your numbers, like, message mm-hmm. to come across? Um, I like to make fun of toxic masculinity. Um, I like, I'm working on one, a number right now, literally about like, um, wealthy men that are very toxic. Um, Mm. I also just like to make people laugh. Um, there's like my performance art with, I work in a duo with Sweaty Eddie. Um, and we're almost like. I'd say the performance style is similar to Charlie Chaplin. Um, we don't lip sync. We're like male clowns as the, the place re- refers to us. Um, so we do just a lot of like silly, um, silly kind of shocking, funny um, numbers that are, um, have been a lot of fun to develop because it's another way of, of thinking of drag outside of um, drag spaces um, and in theater. Um, so yeah, I, I would say there's like a lot of elements to what Richard does I also do ventriloquism um, and I do like um, I, I used to be a makeup artist back in the day so I, I like um, using makeup to transform my face to look like somebody else because that's always a challenge for me um, so yeah 
Wait, you said that you said twice that you do ventriloquism. You do do can you do that? Like what and talk in ventriloquism? Right yes. now. Um no, okay. no, not right now, but like I'm just fascinating because I haven't seen that like last time was like 20 years on TV. I know, so, yeah, nobody you can do it right now, but it's like how how easy is that? Can you like um I'll try talking right now with my mouth closed? Um oh that's that's like a sample of it, but like Oh, wow. <laughs> Nobody does it. I just thought it was like a, a corny thing. And I was like, this would be really funny if I learned how to do it. Um, and then I do have um, my 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 doll. You're not supposed to call him a doll. His name is Ricky. Um, he's in the other room right now. But um, I'll bring him out occasionally. Um, it's um, Ricky and Richard. Ricky and Richard, yeah. Um, we just like do a little a banter back and forth. But um, I'm very inspired by like male performers from like the 30s and 40s um so um and 50s too there were a lot of like really funny ventriloquists um during that time so um i was like why not let me try and i learned that i can do it so it was great oh so you're, you taught yourself ventriloquism yeah it's like is it over here no, i have a i had to get a book wow i think i can do it too you're doing it yeah it, you know, i was in theater <laughs> and you have to like um you change your voice, so yeah. this, this is uh, Ricky's voice. Oh, um, it sounds like this. Um, but mm. yeah, it's fun. It's hard because I don't like to like. I have a hard time remembering my lines, so that's the thing that I struggle with. But I learned to do the voice thing. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so unique. Um, well, this is like a little bit of a separate topic, but um, Richard, I I think with the kind of anti-trans and and anti-drag legislation uh and just kind of the the we hateful should, rhetoric yeah, that is, yes, yeah. what's that i think we should uh i put on the chat like talk about the okay. community aspect community building of k-boys and then we could just move to oh that. got it yeah, yeah let's do that um well the so richard just going back to the cake boys and the the center centering community what are and I know that you've already mentioned a, a couple of ways and how you do that with the streaming and trying to make the show more accessible. What are what are some other ways just in, in the way that um, you 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 all organize the Cake Boys? Um, do you center do you center community and in, in other themes and other aspects? Um, yeah, so I think one of the big things we've done is um, uh, we we started a drag competition called Takes the Cake. Um, we've run it twice already. This last year was a lot larger than we expected. Um, and um, it wasn't just like, I don't like that drag is only represented in media as a competition. So it was very important for us for that not to be like the underlying thread of this show, um, which I'm grateful. I feel like we were successful in because um, everybody had an amazing time. Um, and it, it was just beautiful too, to see like the people come out um, the people that aren't drag performers that just like wanted a space to, um, enjoy for themselves and like not want to see drag queens. They wanted to see something a little different. Um, so I, I feel like throwing our events, um, are ways that we help build community. Um, we have like connected a lot of relationships through our shows, which has been funny to see. Oh, well, couples, yeah, the couples have come through. Especially takes the cake every year. We're like, oh, there's um, that's that's cute. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I was like, we gotta do like a, a speed dating or something. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, I think like to do the competition was to like give the like drag king community something that wasn't existing for them. Um, Cause there are a lot of drag queen competitions. Um, and we did work hard enough to make sure that actually every performer got paid, even though it's a competition. Um, because, you know, you, you, you put so much work when you're doing that. Um, so we want everybody to feel respected um, for their work. So. And that um, performers and also the producers and, and other talent too? or um, The producers didn't get paid, but gotcha. <laughs> we, you know, we got paid in like the experience and like being able to do that. Um, yep. So but it was, it was important to us for perform. It wasn't like a big booking fee or anything, but um, it just, yeah. Wanted people to feel, feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the labor uh, that obviously goes into, to creating the, the characters and putting on a show like that just seems, seems really high. Um, that's, that's amazing. I'm sure I'll learn about it when mm. I. <laughs> yeah, we, we're gonna we're we're still sorting through footage, but hopefully it'll be up online to to um, check out. Oh, that's yeah, that sounds. Mm-hmm. And we'll we're um, happy to link it too. If uh... oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Sammy, we can't hear you, or I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Either. You want me to do the next question? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, that'd be great. Richard, Richard it, it sounds that. It sounds that the drag queen is a beautiful community as well as the drag queen community. All that I hear and I know, right, it is beauty, it's art, it's performance. Uh, And unfortunately, there are a lot of Republican lawmakers that and right wing that are trying to ban this form of art. And the country this year have seen the worst a number of anti-drag legislation trying to ban performances um, and anti-trans legislation. Uh, what, what do you think about all of these anti-drag laws that are being introduced in the country? Um, well, I, it's it's very scary, um, especially as somebody who like performs a lot and is part of the work I do. Um, and it's scary just to think about like the potential of what that would look like in the future for drag performers. Um, I'm grateful to live in a place like New York City um, where it feels a lot more accepting and um, less, you know, threatening and scary to have to experience. Like I I can't imagine being a performer um, in the South or in Texas and um, having to um, like have your livelihood and what makes you happy be ripped away because for what, like why focus on, like why focus on that? Like what, what is really the point of what they're trying to do? Um, because if you don't, if you don't like drag, you don't have to go to a show. Like you don't have to look at it. It's not in your face. Like you're not gonna um, just be strolling down the street and like be forced to watch a drag show. Um, so um, I don't. Know. Yeah, it makes me scared. It makes me angry. Um, makes me upset. But I'm also grateful at the same time to like have a community um that i know is supportive and we will continue to like fight and work hard um, to make sure that we do have spaces available yeah thank you thank you richard for sharing that i think the the aspect of of taking away something that brings you so much joy because it's it's clear too like when you talk about richard and your time with the with the cake boys um the 
the amount of love that goes into it too, in addition, you know, the love of performing and then um, also the, the, the development of the character, but the, the community and, and, and bringing it to other people. Um, and so, you know, the idea, like you said, of, of people just like not being able to do that any anymore is, is heartbreaking. Yeah. So I think, oh wait, I'm sorry, Richard, Richard, you are a third person. Oh, it's okay to do this so i appreciate you uh bearing with us as we uh, get through the kinks do we want to go through the in a different kind of kink um do we want to um go to the rapid fire yeah we have the question about healing or transformation oh yeah oh got it i'm sorry um that one's on me (laughs) um richard Richard, what have you what have you learned from healing or transformation or even like in the in the creation of your character? How has that healed you uh, too as as an individual? Um, I think it's provided me with healing by opening up my creativity. Um, like as when I was younger, um, I, I went to art school too. I was an illustrator, and um, you know, I, I loved creating art and I feel like I lost that for a while and um starting drag and starting the cake boys has brought back creativity and has like had me creating art and drawing and I I do all the like graphics and illustrations for the cake boys um so it's really been nice to reconnect and I guess heal um whatever it was that was like preventing me from being creative person um and as for like transformation, you know, being Richard has allowed me to find my own identity um, within myself outside of a, being a performer um, and to be more comfortable in my own skin. That's amazing. So you, you, you like through, through the development of Richard, you've, you found yourself to a little bit more as, as mm-hmm. a separate, that's, um, yeah. I love that. <laughs> hey, Sammy, are you, can you hear us? Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing drag? Um, I guess five or six years mm. yeah um, but I guess more regularly in the last like two do you do drag full-time I wish <laughs> um, no I like um I mean that would be nice but I don't yeah I don't get booked enough to like get um you know, be a full-time drag performer yeah mm-hmm. is there um from from like an allyship kind of perspective so like my partner and I, we watch a lot of drag. I would say that I haven't seen very many drag king shows mm-hmm. specifically, but um, but for, you know, local kind of Brooklyn, New York residents, but also people in general, what are, what's the best way to support drag kings and, you know, the cake boys, but also I think maybe more drag kings just in general? Um, I had mentioned before the cake boys do have a calendar of right. events that like, highlight drag kings and underrepresented performers so if you're ever looking for something to do um you can head to cakeboykings.com yeah hit our calendar page and also say like on instagram following people um if you do follow the cake boys we're always like sharing posts and other performers um and attending the shows there's a lot in brooklyn um there's a lot in manhattan too um so things are popping up so yeah, I just said Brooklyn, but of course Queens, yeah, and the Bronx, and this, yeah. and I don't want to leave out the boroughs. Yeah, <laughs> no need to be so Brooklyn centric. Um, oh, what was I going to say? It just popped right out. 
Uh, I did. I followed you on Instagram, but I need to follow the Cake Boys. And actually, that um, I, I I I peeked at your calendar too and saw you chose like Switch and Play too, which I love. Yeah. Switch and Play. So it's nice too the um, the uplifting of of other mm-hmm. shows. It looked like it was like a Friends of the Cake Boys. Yeah, yeah. We we have well, any like show that really includes a drag king or drag thing or you know yeah. we'll put up there. Um, also, I guess if to support drag kings murray hill is producing a very it's called the very big drag king show um mm. june 20th at three dollar bill so it's going to have a, a big lineup of drag kings um which is going to be very fun oh june 20th okay I- that's great to know we could release this in advance of that yeah yeah um it, i know yeah there's an i'll be part of it um, there's going to be a lot of Drag Kings and Murray Hill is really cool. Um, it's really cool to see like a drag king be on TV um, and like, I guess, make it in the world, you know? And um, it's also nice that I'm just able to have a conversation with him. Um, and he was a judge actually for the finale of our competition, um, along with Sasha Valor, who's a very big um, advocate for drag kings and books drag kings and talks about them a lot too. Um, and Wayne Newton, who's another amazing drag king, um, who's in New York City, uh, I guess, legend. That's awesome. Um, thank you. So time check. Yeah. Seven minutes, six minutes. I have to go a five, right? So let's, let's mm-hmm. do the rapid fire. Okay. Yeah. It means. <laughs> awesome, Richard. Well, now we have the rapid fire question section. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is the first question, the super, super question. What do you do? How do you incorporate joy, fun, and pleasure into your life? Um, I like creating. I like costuming, rhinestoning, um, drawing, illustrating. Um, and then, like, outside of that and outside of performance world, I just like either spending alone time <laughs> to decompress or spending time with my friends. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes you just need a break from drag. <laughs> Do you have any self-care or well-being routine or tips? Um, I, what is, I have, um, I, I do get anxiety before shows sometimes and it manifests very physically. So mm-hmm. I've, um, found help in this app. What is it called? Breathable? Breathwork. It's called Breathwork and it gives you like short one minute guided breathing exercises so I do that a lot sometimes before I perform, um, which um, has saved me a few times um, from, you know, being too nervous to go on or something. Nice. Mm-hmm. I also um, get that physical uh, nerves, like I'm giving a speech or something. So yeah. that's good for me to know. Yeah, they have one that's called like panic button or something. And it'll just, it's, a, it's like a weird breathing exercise, but it helps. Mm, okay. Um, what, who's your favorite super queer person you look, you look to or someone that you admire? Um, I think there's a lot, but if I choose one, I want to say, um, Uncle Freak, also known as Foxy Bella Freak. Um, they're, um, a New York City drag king and burlesque performer, um, community activist. Um, they, um, are a producer as well that produces like all black um, burlesque shows, all black drag king shows. Um, and they, they were one of the producers of the fundraising show last night for the suburbia. Um, they've been doing this for a long time and, um, I just really appreciate the work that they put in 
and their performance style um, was really amazing. Yeah, definitely. Look them up because I met them yesterday and it was a very interesting, unique performance mm -hmm. and uh, very, very creamy, yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I love them. They're amazing. And what is your message of wisdom for? Sorry, I cut out a little bit. I didn't hear. What is your message for wisdom of queer youth? Um, what is your message of wisdom for queer youth? Um, message of wisdom for queer youth. Um, I say just keep holding on. And like, if things are bad, it's temporary and things will change. Um, and if you're struggling, um, know you're not alone um, and know you will get through it. And there's support out there for you. Well, thank you, Richard. The um, the strong theme of community has like really come through with you. It's clear. It's 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 a, a a value that you that you both like hold dear, but also practice. Um, and it's uh, it's been it's been really wonderful to hear you and and to um, to learn more about your your world and the in the evolution of Richard and and also the Cake Boys. So thank thank you so much for your time today. It's it's been a real treat for me to meet you, uh, and I I really I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. We still have the one one ask one tip. Oh yeah, um, Richard. Um, which is <laughs> uh, before we go, um, just for the folks that we have listening out there, if you have um, one ask one tip. Um, for people to um, to any kind of useful advice or to explore their own growth and healing, but also in, in case you want to promote anything that you have going on, uh, please. Yeah. Please share. Um, okay. I'm going to give a tip in drag for drag people. Please wash your brushes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's yeah. Wash your brushes and um, don't make a mess on stage. So that's, that's my um, tip for drag mm -hmm. Performers, yeah, you got them right there. Um, and <laughs> yeah, well, now you can just use dish soap, it's great. Um, and um, if I'm gonna promote anything, the Cake Boys do have our Pride show, which is gonna be Cake and Dales, uh, play on Chip and Dales at Club Coming on June 9th. Um, so amazing. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you for joining us. This has been thank amazing. Thank you so much, Richard. Yes, of course. Thank you for joining us and listening to another episode of Super Queers. Follow us on social media under at the Super Queers and share this episode with your circle. Remember, the power is ours and it grows the more we share it. Thank you and see you next time.